Hello and welcome to Geospatial Gurus, a speakeasy conversational podcast about geography with thought leaders from the geospatial and location industry. I am Girish, your humble host, your geospatial jockey. Geospatial Gurus is a podcast based on simple tenets of journalism, the where, who, when, what, why, and how, combined with the business of geospatial and location insights. By bringing geography, real-time location, space, data, and human needs together, we aim to showcase how geodata helps in contributing towards solutions for the new normal and beyond with insightful discussions and interactions with both global leaders and entrepreneurs we promise to ensure that you get the best of their thoughts as well as their knowledge most importantly we promise to keep it fun with this i would like to introduce you to our guest today he's a serial entrepreneur who co-founded the streaming music service title sold it to jay-z but did not stop there he went ahead and co-founded unicast which I quote from their corporate website, we're building a future where precise and verified human mobility data helps organizations do well and do good. From driving business strategies to tracking infectious diseases, we align to the goals of our clients for the shared benefit of our global community. Join me in welcoming Thomas Wally from Unicast. Thomas, welcome to Geospatial Gurus. Hi, Goresh. Great to be here again. Thank you, and I know we, uh, we've been trying to schedule this and get it right, uh, but I'm so glad you found time um, sitting in quarantine in Norway to, uh, to come on the podcast and share some of your thoughts with us. So, uh, Thomas, um, I know everybody would love to hear your interactions with you know, a celebrity like Jay-Z when you sold title to him. Uh, are you still friends with Jay-Z? Or? We don't interact too much, no, unfortunately. He has uh, people doing the business for, for him, to put it that way. Uh, it'd be great if you did. We would probably see if you can bring him with you next time. Tell us about Tidal. From what I understand, Tidal, it kind of is the genesis of what Unicast does today. Yeah, it was, it was uh, kind of uh, the starting point for building Unicast. Uh, because um, me, my co-founder at Unicast, his name is KJ. Uh, we've been working together for more than 15 years. We went to business school together. And yeah, we also were part of the founding team at Tidal. And that was a very interesting journey, building the whole streaming music category next to Spotify. And as you can imagine, we knew every single song that people listened to. We had tons of data. And based on that, we made recommendations and we made playlists and so on. But what we really want to figure out is where do people go to concerts? Because if you went and saw, let's say, Beyonce on a Sunday, we want to recommend you Beyonce music Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And this was back in 2014, 2015. What we realized was that this data wasn't available. Like no one had a very good view of what people are doing in the physical world. There's of course tons of online data, tons of transaction data, tons of CRM data, but, but like where we go about, that was very, very much unknown. So we said, well, if the streaming service out of the Nordics, need such data about physical movements to build great products and to make better decisions, there must be multiple other companies in multiple other verticals in need for the same insights. And that was the start of building Unicast as a human mobility data company, where our goal is to understand how people move around on the planet, how people travel, how they shop and dine, different kinds of mobility patterns. And then we build data sets and insights that we provide to uh, clients within 
real estate, retail, a lot of research, analytics firms, and city planning. Wow. So the kind of location insights you provided in the physical world with the data that's available about the person, their transactions, their patterns, their behavior, that powers, is that what powers the real world graph? Why don't you tell yeah. us something about it? Yeah, so we build what we call the real graph, which is the connection between people and places. Uh, is really the foundation of, of Unicast, which allows us to answer a multitude of questions around people's uh, mo mo movements. And it's something that we have seen that even though we all behave kind of in the same, same way, companies across different verticals and also within different vertical, uh, within the same vertical has very different questions. So the real graph is what powers a lot of analytics companies uh, out there where, yeah, we, we build insights around venues, for instance, understanding foot traffic to certain stores. We understand foot traffic uh, in certain geographical regions. This can be um, a neighborhood. It can be a census block. It can be a city. Uh, understanding migration patterns, right? There's been a lot of interesting data sets that we've been building the last couple of months in relation to COVID-19. And, and, and one of them is uh, migration patterns. Like we, we, we've seen that people have left where they usually live, moved to other places. And we're monitoring that closely to see if that trend uh, is consistent or if people are coming back. Wow. And uh, you bring up a very good point. You know, from um, back when you and I met in January in Monterey Bay, California at GeoBiz Summit, you know, your market approach, your business approach was, uh, is it safe to say it was different than how you've realized it today in terms of how the real world graphed the human mobility data, the precision of that data uh, has far many more uses today than what you may have envisioned as your pipeline, right? Yeah, I think kind of what we have seen since we met in January is like kind of the real graph has always had the same uh, vision, what we want it uh, to become. Uh, and we have gradually approached different verticals, uh, like one at a time, based on our maturement of our products and also the maturement of that vertical uh, specifically. But what we have seen the last four months is an acceleration of the understanding of location data analytics and the need for location data analytics uh, driven by COVID-19. So one of the things that we did when the um, outbreak started, and our team is like is split between uh, Norway and the US. So we have the commercial team in the US, and then we have engineering and data scientist team in Norway. And Norway got the pandemic a couple of weeks earlier than the US. So we had kind of bit some information of, of what was going on. And what we saw was that the government started to talk about a lockdown, a shelter, a shelter in place. And we also, like the engineering team early saw that it's gonna be very hard to understand what is working. Like if people are obeying to the social distancing guidelines, to the shelter in place enforcement. So we built a social distancing score, scoreboard for the US to help the public, to help communities to understand if they were obeying and if they were adhering to the social distancing guidelines and the stay-at-home shelters or the lockdown uh, that uh, that came uh, came in place. 
Uh, and that was very much like built on the, the real world graph. It just took us a week to put that together. So we had the foundation, we have the data, we have the, the, the data sets. And that saw like a huge spike in interest uh, over a couple of like couple of weeks, we had like more than 5 million users on that dashboard. And that started the acceleration of what else can this data be used for during these very uncertain times that we are in now. And, and we have after that seen insurance companies licensing our data, uh, retail companies for demand planning, real estate companies to understand if certain parts of, of the country are spiking in, in popularity or not. So I think like this, what this pandemic has done for many industries is that it has accelerated indeed for certain products, for certain insights. And in this case, um, the location data analytics space has seen an uptick. That's amazing. You know, one of the questions I was going to ask you is with that kind of a scorecard or for a better word, I would probably say a report card for a state, a county, a city, or even a school district for that matter. Do you think they realize that that kind of a location insight is pervasive and critical? For example, school districts in trying to adhere to their local or state government guidelines have to probably collate this data whatever's available and find out, hey, should we open or just remain virtual? Should we go hybrid? Would you think this kind of a an analytics that you you said you built it up in just a, a couple of weeks? Yeah, and I think like that you're mentioning one of the use cases that we actually been supporting uh, over the last few months because when everybody tried to figure out what was going to happen, uh, there was one data set that could actually tell it, and that was human mobility data. Right, transaction data didn't tell too much, CRM data, online data, but this was about people's movement that changed. So we've been uh, we've, we've been informing mayors that have been using this dashboard on a daily basis. It has informed if they decided to um, put in place um, uh, shelter in place uh, guidelines or not. We've been working with hospitals that has used this to, um, to uh, calculate the number of beds that they would potentially need it. And if they had that supply, uh, we also support uh, pharma companies in 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 terms of uh, the work they do around building the vaccines. So I think this is this is what makes this data set so interesting, right? Is that it can answer so many different questions. And that, that was accelerated now over the last uh, couple of months. Excellent. So uh, today, what are your plans to bring these kind of use cases into a market that only today is realizing the value of these type of not just location data, but also the insights and analytics that you have pretty much at hand. I think that has been been a bit of the challenge with the location data space is that companies have built great capabilities uh, and they can say a lot. They're like you can look at a lot of nice dashboards, right? And see kind of how graphs are going up and down and you have a, a heat map, etc. But kind of the true focus on like, what are we actually trying to solve? Like what's the pain point that this client has? Let's take a retail as an example. Demand planning is very challenging for them now because if you are a large retail chain and you have stores across the country or across certain, uh, certain states, they all open at a different pace. And depending on where the store is, the recovery will also be different. Some cities, some neighborhoods are seeing a much faster recovery than others. And that kind of leaves the question to the retailer, 
should I reopen now? Is there enough people in this neighborhood that it would be financially justified to restart everything? And if I do restart everything, how many people do I, do I need on staff? How, how many people do I expect to have in, in that store? And how do I re reroute supply to all my stores and facilities? And that's this, this kind of questions that they never had a need to understand at this granular level and this fast. And that's why location data with a couple of days uh, time lag can help them uh, inform those models and decisions. Indeed. And, you know, we were talking earlier and you brought up a point that human human beings need to realize that it will create and consume data at the same time. And something like the real world graph or the precision in human mobility data um, will become an essential part, not only of a marketer's toolkit, but also for the administration, also for a daily life, such as going to a grocery store for a grocery chain to do that demand planning, workforce and personnel planning. With, with all of that, we, we understand today that uh, the use cases are tremendous. They're, some of them are critical. How do you see um, you know, 5G and the Z-axis that has come into play now? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's, a, it, it's going to be a very interesting development when we get, get, get to scale. Uh, like Unicast, we, we both... Uh, provide direct insights that we uh, sell to clients within all these uh, verticals. But we also have another part of our business, which is called Turbine. And Turbine is about processing other companies' location data. Uh, so we work with um, quite a few telcos uh, globally, Telia in, in the Nordics being one, one of them across five, five markets. And there we ingest all their cell, cell tower data. We use the technology that we built over the last five years and we process these insights and bring it back, back to them. Of course, cell tower data has a different uh, composition, right? It's, it's less accurate in terms of the preciseness. It's harder to do like in-store visits, but you can do a lot of other interesting models around transportation. And I think what, what we're going to see with 5, 5G is that it's going to allow us to build new types of uh, data products. Uh, it will allow the telcos to not only understand human mobility on a larger area movements, like from one part of the city to another, but it will allow them to understand like really down to the block, down to that specific store, uh, hopefully. So exactly how it's going to play and, and when it's going to come and how much data it's going to be available and how accessible that's going to be for other companies besides the telcos themselves, I think that's, that's going to be interesting uh, to follow closely. You mentioned that, you know, uh, you do see um, smart mobility, smart transportation, uh, those being affected by not just uh, 5G, but also uh, the human mobility data, those sectors. Um, that's very interesting. Any thoughts on, uh, is that something that interests you? Yeah, like there's there's tons of industries and verticals that interest us uh, from a use case and how they can take advantage of uh, of mobility data. We always think in a way that we have to kind of approach vertical by by vertical, and there's a time horizon. There, there's some verticals that are ready now, and we're also we have the strong enough products and strong strong level of sophistication to fulfill their needs. And then you have some verticals that's a bit out there in time that we're very excited about, 
but it might be a bit too early on both uh, both 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 sides, both on ours and on theirs. And and one of that is autonomous cars. Uh, like how can how can mobility data inform autonomous cars to drive safer, uh, to make the right decisions? Um, we know that's going to be a big topic uh, for them, but they right now have a few other challenges to solve uh, before they can uh, they can get there. But it's something that that we we keep an eye on. We daydream a bit about how can how can we support that vertical uh, at uh, at one point, and that that's what makes it so exciting to build a company like uh, Unicast that you are continuously expanding yourself and, and your knowledge into a new vertical every 12 to 18, 18 months. Excellent. So if you promise to subscribe to our podcast and listen to every one of them, I'll let you in on something um, similar to you, a very successful and a serial entrepreneur from that space um, came on our podcast and he actually left a question. What can the geolocation or the geospatial industry do to help the revolution of smart transportation? And the question was posed by Dr. James Wu, co-founder and uh, CEO of DeepMap. Thomas, I wanted to ask you, if you were to ask a question to our audience or to the geospatial industry or to another vertical that the geospatial, the location industry should work with to make things better, what would your question be? Yeah, like one of the things that I'm constantly kind of focusing on and the team is obsessed about is how do we educate our prospects and clients better because we have so many capabilities and we can answer so many questions but how do we how do we educate and let's take a vertical how how do we educate the retail vertical better about how they can take advantage of geo geolocation data mobility insights Excellent. I will keep that question in mind. And if any of our audience or listeners have suggestions, we'll make sure we connect that back to you. Thomas, we talked about the value of location that needs to be realized across the board. And there are newer partnerships that are coming up, as well as newer uses of location data. We all produce more and more location data in real time today. What do you envision data privacy uh, to be? in the coming future. What are your thoughts around data privacy? For many data companies, including location data, like we've seen a, an even stronger focus on data privacy in the last three, four years. Um, and that's something that I personally care deeply about, like coming from Norway. Norway have some of the like strictest privacy laws in the, in the world. Uh, it was something that was a core of our company when we started it in Norway in 20, uh, 2014. And, we have now, of course, seen GDPR coming in place, CCPA coming. Like those privacy laws will continuously be under development. And I think for the good thing, it will make sure that the rights of the users are being kept protected. But privacy is actually, it's kind of black, black and white. Either you are compliant or you're not compliant. And it takes a lot of time and effort to become GDPR compliant, CCPA compliant as, as we have gone through. But I think there's going to be another more interesting conversation, which isn't black, black and white, which makes it much more challenging. And that's around data ethics. Because with all this amazing data and insights that companies like us sit on and others, every company has to make a decision on what do they want to use the data for? Like what are the use cases that they would like to support? Um, and that's that's not an easy conversation because you can't look at a 
you can't look at uh, the loss, right? Uh, every company has to decide themselves what they are comfortable and what kind of company they want to build. So we did this at Unicast. Like we've had uh, for many years now, uh, ethics committee. So that's a group of a group of people within the company, both on the engineering side, on the commercial side, both like many different locations to get a very diverse group. And if there are use cases that comes up um, that our sales team or business development team brings in uh, and they don't fit into like we have a 40 page ethics doc document, if it's a uh, and that ethics document kind of says use cases that we support and use cases that we discourage. Of course, if it's a use case that we uh, discourage, we used to say, no, we're not going to do that. But this is a new, new industry. So there are some gray areas, right? There's some like uh, in, in between. And that's that's interesting conversation because that's when the team gets together and they discuss, is this something that Unicast wa uh, wants to do? And we say no to like a lot of different um, opportunities uh, back at the last presidential election, we said no to all uh, use of our data for pol political campaigning. And we know that Twitter and Jack, Jack Dorsey went out and said this this year, and he, he, he got a lot of applause. We didn't get too much applause when we this, did this back in, in 2016, but that has been one of our, our guidelines. There's certain countries that we don't want to work with because they don't respect the same human rights, and they're not uh, more like dictatorships. There's some use cases where we don't take the privacy rights of the user into consideration. So my point, my, my point is that I think every company should have this kind of ethics committee where they have like a clear stance on what they want to do and what they don't want to do with the data. And that that's a tricky conversation. I think we're going to see a lot of more of that in the media and in industry in general going forward. Thomas, you are being absolutely transparent and, and bold and upfront about something that uh, your company, I'm pretty sure, is proud of and should be proud of. And I think the industry has done like a really good job there, like to, to take this uh, seriously at the same time as we are, I think everybody is obsessed to figure out new use cases, how to make this data set more accurate, um, more accessible. How can we answer more of the questions that companies within retail and real estate and city planning and uh, and researchers have, um, so it's a balance, right? To like make sure that we build a healthy industry, uh, and at the same time, as we continuously advance it and that we educate uh, the community and the clients about uh, what what we can do. Indeed, Thomas. You have been just excellent in giving us your time as well as sharing your thoughts. Um, what I want to leave this uh, discussion um, today with, and also with a promise to you to get you back in the seat when you're back stateside. Thomas, thank you for your time and thank you for the effort uh, put into uh, joining us uh, at odd hours as well as for bringing your thoughts together to our audience. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Gavish. This is always a pleasure. And I'm already looking forward to the next invite soon. I will do so. And it just might be you on the hot seat. It may be something that you asked for. Perfect. I love that. Thank you so much. Folks, you just heard Thomas Wally, co-founder and CEO of Unicast, talk to us about the importance of precision human mobility. We have seen how the importance of location intelligence played in the world of music and today is helping power marketing strategies for businesses as well as to track infectious diseases. Beyond that, the power of 
Human Mobility Insights is also essential today for real estate, insurance, pharmaceutical industry, as well as for sustainable smart cities. Thank you for listening in this week to Geospatial Gurus. We'll be back next week with more insightful discussions from the geospatial industry. Until then, signing off for Geospatial Gurus, this is Girish. Girish.